Step on up for some cinematic fun. We're going to get driven. We're going to take off with the aeronauts. And we're going to spend some time with an Irishman and a kid named Luce. I'm Van Connor. I'm Bex Perfect. And this is Offscreen, your seven-day guide to everything movies. Boom. Groovy. Okay, so welcome to Offscreen. This week we've got an absolute corker for you, haven't we? We, we have. We've got a hell of a roster this week. It's uh, You know how we have some dull weeks? The, yeah. The ones where we're really struggling for something to come Well, it's every time I think that heart rate monitor is just going to flatline <laughs> if we can pick it back up again. Um, the great uh, thing about this week is that we have what some people are classing as a masterpiece this week from Scorsese, obviously. It's true. And are you like me where you saw it weeks ago and have had to just sit on it for this entire amount of time? Ah, no. Do you know what? I only saw it last Friday. Oh! Yeah. Uh, I sat through that three and a half hours of gangster so, delight. It's a long one, it's a long one. Before, <laughs> before we, well, we'll wait your appetite before we get to the Irish Yes, indeed. Then. So, uh, okay, have you seen the, our first pick this week? This is Driven. No, I haven't so, actually, but I am, I'm intrigued. I saw a rating that you kind of gave it the other day, mm. and I was quite intrigued, and I was like, what have I missed? Right, okay, so this one, I'll be honest with you, I just thought this was... Uh, I thought this was a comedy going in, and then I started watching it, and it, it actually is. It's like a comedicized retelling of the story of John DeLorean. So, as in the DeLorean car. As in the DeLorean car. The creator car. of the so DeLorean. So the story of, of John DeLorean. The now, reason honestly, why Back to the Future happened at all. <laughs> exactly. Well, Back to the Future is one of those sort of weird historical ironies that that happened, given yeah. everything that went off with the actual guy. Yeah. So his company was in turmoil, and he decided to bankroll it by uh, selling coke. Right, as, as, one as does. you do. That's, that's the story as the world would have it. Now, this sort of fictionalised retelling invents a character named Jim Hoffman who becomes his, his, his bromantic best friend. Okay. They become unlikely friends. He's a bit of a con artist. He befriends the car manufacturing millionaire and they basically go down this path of shady dealings together. You are a remarkable guy. You're a force of nature. <laughs> <laughs> you are. <laughs> but no, really, you, you actually get... Stuff done. Why don't you help me? Absolutely. Whatever you need. I need to raise $30 million in the next 10 days. Uh-huh. And there's no bank, no hedge fund, no investor who's going to lend it to me. But you know people. Yes, he's one of those guys. Well, we know? all know people, but do we know the right people? Well, not not the case here, definitely. Uh, so Jason Sudeikis, perfectly cast as this kind of character. It's the kind of thing you've seen Jason Sudeikis do a million times. You like the beginning of We're the Millers. I like Jason Sudeikis. He's great fun, isn't he? Yeah. Uh, because he knows how, like horrible bosses and things like that, he knows how to play these, uh, you know, less than nice people, but still quite likeable. Yeah. And he does yeah. that very well. I will say Lee Pace absolutely steals this, but he's entirely too charismatic and sexy a man to convincingly be John DeLorean. Oh, I hate that Hollywood glamour. <laughs> There's a, there was a docudrama or something recently where Alec Baldwin was John DeLorean, and that was actually... I can believe that more. That was quite right casting. Yeah. That worked. Yeah, that worked, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, this also stars Judy Greer, stars uh, Michael Kudlitz from uh, Walking Dead. Uh, Corey Stoll is the FBI agent in this. Always love Corey Stoll and everything. And he's on fine with Corey Stoll. In fact, that's pretty much the case. Like Jason Sudeikis. He's I like how many times he fit the word Corey Stoll into that sentence just then. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> I like him Corey Stoll. I was disappointed about him uh, leaving the Ant-Man franchise. But uh, it's, this is the thing. It doesn't always work but when it does it, it bites off a little bit more than it can chew with the story it's trying to tell and the fact they're trying to make it funny okay when it does work though it is twisted and dark and really really amusing is it as much about a car as it is about cocaine and all these yeah, other pretty things? much yeah I mean it, it, it's you know the, the guy's whole function in life is just to build this car yeah it's just to fund the car I, company if I was a if I was a petrol head I think mm. I'd be disappointed 
if I went in to watch it and it was about a car, but actually it wasn't. It turned into a generic kind of drug heist or, you know, scenario. I didn't know the DeLorean story. Okay. And uh, I only know it like you, we know the DeLorean because of Back to the Future. Yeah. And I knew that something had gone on with John DeLorean. He'd gone, that he'd gone to court for something and it did involve drugs. That was all I knew. I didn't know the story going into it. Didn't know the, uh, the DeLorean was manufactured in Belfast. No. That's where the DeLorean factory Stop was. Stop spoiling this for us. We must but, go uh, and watch go, the film uh, and find all this Of course, out. of course. <laughs> uh, but worth seeing, always worth seeing Judy Greer in anything. I think she's terrific here. They did a horrible hatchet job on the poster where the airbrushed her to look like Blake Lively for some reason. To be fair, I have not seen one single poster about mm. this, which is a shame because if you, clearly you really enjoyed this. Mm. Clearly it's not really going to do the business that they were hoping. I mean, particularly in what is a strong week of... The, the Irishman and yeah. you know other big fr- uh, films that are coming out so which is a shame weird director though oh right really weird director. so this is Nick Ham's director this British filmmaker okay. and his, his repertoire as a director is really bizarre just do it really quickly so he has directed films such as The Hole starring Thora Birch and Kira Knightley Kira Knightley yeah. Yeah. yeah he directed that wow he, he also two years ago directed The Journey which starred Timothy Spall and uh, Colmini in the fictionalised retelling of the time that the leader of Sinn Féin and the Democratic Party of Ireland had to share a car journey and work out their differences together. So it's a, it's, it's a keeping with the wackiness of his body of work. And say. also his liking of the words, the, <laughs> in every <laughs> exactly. title. But no, this means the problem is just driven. It's not the driven. No, so. but it probably should be. But, uh, <laughs> no, some very funny moments. Uh, I would picture a slightly more comedic version of Blow, if I'm honest. Ah, okay. Like, I did, like I did very much enjoy blow. that. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, what well, wording there? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, so, uh, one I know you have seen, though. Yes. Is our next choice. Well, our next choice is The Aeronauts. Uh, you might have been excited over the fact that we see Eddie Redmayne and Felicity Jones team up once again. W- you know, were we, though? I kind of was. I mean, for me, rather than this, rather than working out the theory of everything, see where I'm going with uh. this, in this movie... They're riding high in the sky to work out the theory of the weather. Oh, high, riding high. Oh, how clever. I know, I, I know. I do I do pat myself on the back sometimes. With Less theory of everything, more theory of weather. Yes, exactly. And kind of more so how we can predict the weather. And what it is all centred around is essentially a balloon expedition. So it's a period piece, isn't it's it? It's a period piece. It's set in like the mid-1800s because those skirt hoots are huge. <laughs> um, and it's a scientist and a pilot who are basically aiming to fly higher than anyone in history has ever done before. Gentlemen, to predict the weather could save hundreds of thousands of lives. We are scientists, not fortune tellers. You'll get your chance. They'll realise your worth. I think they know my worth quite well enough. Prove them wrong, James. I'm a really good aeronaut. I want to use what I'm good at. Women don't belong in balloons. And she makes such a show of herself. Now, what I liked about this movie is actually what I disliked about it, if that makes sense. Okay, I'm I'm, I'm You're not following me at all. So, what I really liked about this movie is how it made me feel throughout, right? From the moment... Ah. Yeah, from the moment that the the balloon lifted off into the air, and this is a real kudos to all the visuals in this, Mm -hmm. I started to get extreme vertigo. In fact, (laughs) you saw me and turned around as I left. You squirmed. You squirmed in your seat. I squirmed and I actually left the screening room for a moment to just centre myself back on Earth. Um, I think visually, this mm. works really well. I love how you described it as well. You described this as posh gravity. Exactly, which yes. really made me chuckle. I kind of wish it was more posh gravity. Because, right, here's my question for you. Right. Right. Why are gravity and castaway brilliant for the same reason? 
one person. Because it doesn't cut Wilson? back. It doesn't cut back <laughs> to everyone else trying to find them. Yes, and actually this is one of my bugbears, yeah. as is yours, I believe, mm. about this movie. So this movie in itself could be an incredibly dynamic two two-hander between Eddie Redmayne and Felicity Jones. Yeah. Stuck in a basket, in a balloon, going higher and higher and higher. And dealing with the unknown. Well, I say because no one's ever been to this height force, they don't know about things like oxygen deprivation or ice buildup, or or they can only theorise of the fact that maybe insects can fly higher than of birds course, yeah. and stuff. And there's a really beautiful sequence with some butterflies up oh, there. Yeah. There's some also some very kind of the twists and turns that you remember from Gravity. You definitely get this. There was a moment with Felicity Jones where I literally was like, oh. I can't. That's when I left. Clenching armrest. Yeah. Clenching yeah, armrest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, um, there's loads of great action points, which is ironic mm. in this kind of period piece. The downfall, as you mentioned, is the fact that they do these flashbacks. So Felicity Jones plays a fictional character in this, but actually yeah. Eddie Redmayne's character, the scientist, he's, he's is fictionalised though, he's isn't fictionalised, he? but mm. he's based on a real character. And obviously, back in the day, they used two men to do this expedition. It wasn't a boy and a girl. But in the Me Too era, we're going to cast a female in this. So. And, and not only that, she's the one that is taking and, the helm, quite and, literally. And let's get the chick who just played Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Yeah, just, funny ju- that. Ju- just for the cherry on top, let's go get the RBG. Now, don't, don't get me wrong with this. I think both of them, Oscar winning, Oscar nominated, are both excellent actors. In a period piece, however, of this sort, I could not help but think that they felt like they were actually acting. Mm. And there were moments, and you probably heard it from that clip, where it's a bit like... Good Lord. That, that's it. That, that was exactly my thing. It's a bit pip pip cheerio, isn't yes, it? Yes, yeah, it's very clipped. Almost like it should be the crown, but mm, not quite. Yeah, it's a and bit pip pip cheerio. Yeah, that just didn't quite work for me. But the dynamics, the visuals, mm. the overall look and feel of it, if you're not sure what you're going to go in and watch, just go in and enjoy this. There's half a great movie in there, yeah. and the other half's just not quite as good. Like, for me, it works best when it's a button-down period piece by way of disaster flick, like Gravity. Yeah. When it's just button-down period piece, though, which is every flashback scene, Yeah. it's a bit much. It is, and there's, like, you know, Felicity Jones's sister is in it, and she kind of is trying to get her out of this sort of misery that she's in. It's like, we don't need to see that. Because this is the director of... Is it Les Mis? It's Tom Harper, isn't Tom it? Hooper. Uh, Tom Hooper. Tom Hooper. Tom Hooper is Les Mis. Tom Harper. Sorry. Is it, is Tom Harper not, is Wild Rose. Very is Tom different. Hooper not busying himself with... Um, he's got cats, hasn't he? Yeah, with cats and their... Yeah, he's got cats costumes. and Wild Rose. Tom Harper gets this. <laughs> but uh, I say visually astonishing. I think it is made for IMAX officially. It, it is. And, you know, it's good to have something as visually astonishing. It's a good excuse to actually go to cinema. So on this occasion, although there are faults with this film, I think we could quite hand on heart say... If you want to go and see a spectacle in the cinema and you like kind of period dramas, things like that, this is a good marrying up of the two. Mm. It's worth a watch. Thumbs up, thumbs down from you? Do you know what? I'm going to give this one thumbs up, one thumbs down. There's lots of things I liked about it. I surprised myself about how much I enjoyed Mm. it, but it's it's got a lot of flaws. I was going to give it the same. Yeah. But I'm going to switch it to one thumb and a half because the more I think back on it, the more the actual visceral experience of it, like you say, affected you so much. Did me as well the actual visceral uh, effect. Of, you were of not puking sequence. next to me. Uh, no, but I, I thought that was absolutely astonishing, and it has stuck with me. Good. To be fair. So, if there is ever a person that can get you to sit through a three and a half hour movie, I'm going to tell you Joss right Whedon. now. Joss <laughs> Whedon. Yes, Joss Whedon. No, well, he can get a lot of people to do that, but not me. Fair, uh, fair. <laughs> 
it's Russo Scorsese. Brothers. Oh, stop it! Stop it! No, it's Scorsese, of course. You know, you only have to see Wolf of Wall Street to know yeah. that he is the master of making something incredibly long feel like a 90-minute movie, which is brilliant. Now, he is back, and he is back with The Irishman, which has been hugely talked about. Huge. It's giving us an alluring look at the mob world and the lifespan of an aging hitman, and his, basically his reflection back on his life and the consequences of all the actions that he took. I never waited for anyone who was late more than 10 minutes in my life. I'd say 15. 15 right. No, 10. I don't think so. 10's not enough. You have to take traffic into account. That's, that's what I'm doing. I'm taking traffic into account. That's why it's 10. I still say 15. No, 10. Fine, we, we disagree on that. Well, How oh. about 12 and a half minutes? There we go. There 12 and a half. Middle, right it's in the middle. Beautiful, beautiful. Yeah, more than 10 is saying something. So Stephen Graham there, who I didn't expect to see in the Scorsese movie ever. I just forgot that he was in it, but he is amazing in this. Oh my God. He's the little guy. Just want to beat him to death. No, he, yeah, I was like, stop smoking that cigar, you smug little <laughs> I mean, Pacino there is Hoffa as well. Uh, you've got De Niro as the central figure. Um, obviously, Joe Pesci has to play part. Joe, uh, Bobby Carnavale is in this. Hell of a cast. And of course, uh, Anna Paquin, who has been the source of Could, some controversy. I don't think actually had a line. She, does she have a single line? I think she might have had one line. She has one. Line. She has a handful of lines, but that is intentional and it, it has been addressed. Um, the big thing to talk about in this movie, though, other than the reuniting of the cast, is what Scorsese then utilizes with them. Well, this is, I mean, this astonishment of a movie is, is, is for every gangster movie lover, <laughs> is the pinnacle of what you want to watch. And you're literally going to get to see them in their heyday as well. So you're going to get Joe Pesci, you're going to get Robert De Niro, yep. you're going to get Al Pacino, you're going to get, as we mentioned, like newcomers. And, and, and as well, can we just point out Al Pacino in full devil's advocate mode? Devil's advocate. And oh. also, as I pointed out to you earlier, Dick Tracy. Yes. Yes. I loved him as, um, is it Bad Boy Caprice or Big Boy Caprice? Something like, something something like, like that, yeah. yeah. But it's, um, either way, he is, he was by far my favourite thing about this movie. Was he, was, he your, was he the one that stole it for you? Jimmy Hoffa. It made me, <laughs> it made me Google Jimmy Hoffa, that whole story. That must have been a depressing read. I loved, uh, well, yes, it was a depressing read, but uh, uh, what I liked about it is actually how accurate Mm. Uh, things were within the film uh, and linking it to the real life Jimmy Hoffa and also the haircut as well Al Pacino oh had the right yes, Jimmy Hoffa haircut but the great thing about this movie and we, we, we Van and I had a bit of a chat about this before we came on to air with it is that there are moments that remind you of what a great late 80s early 90s gangster mm. flick like Casino Goodfellas that kind of stuff really has about it and obviously uh, Scorsese is the godfather of the gangster movie because oh god yeah it's all all he's doing originally and what you're doing is if you're a fan of those movies from the very opening scene as you hear the shoe up do what what is playing <laughs> and a not like a never ending single fr- um, uh, what's the word the, the camera uh, a steady cam steady cam yeah, never going through a nursing home that leads to Robert De Niro you are or I was immediately transported back to almost the first time I watched those type of gangsters. Yeah, movies. it takes it does have a throwback appeal, doesn't it? It has such a throwback appeal, which which works in such a clever way mm. that that 
The brilliance about this is that it unfolds in a slow and steady way, like that steady cam mo motion, but throughout the film. And this is a film about redemption, but not redemption in the typical gangster form. It's about like divine redemption, <laughs> like coming to terms with the life that you've led. So, I'll be honest, the last 10 minutes of this took me over to Dr. Sleep for a moment. And I still <laughs> yeah. think about you know who we forgot was in this movie, by the way? Who? I cannot believe we did Don't this. tell me Ray Liotta was in there because I was Ray desperate. Romano. Right. We forgot Ray Romano was, I was in this. I was going to say, I'd never forgive myself great. if I missed out on Ray Liotta. And also it? Jesse Plemons from Breaking Bad, who gets a wonderful moment in a courtroom with Al Pacino. Ah, you know the bit. It's, yeah. it's in the trailers. It's a great Al Pacino moment. No one could have done it but Al Pacino. A knife, you lunge. A gun, you duck. <laughs> you know? Everything about this, you forget the the fact that you know they're, they're pushing eighty, if not more. You know, and these guys have these are these are your mm. creme de la creme of actors, and this is what makes this movie one hundred percent the masterpiece that people are touting it to be. However, I am going to say I still think it's a masterpiece. Yeah. Uh, my only drawback on that, my only sort of black mark on it, is is the heyday aspect, which is obviously the CG de aging, which had a weird moment for me when you had a very plasticky looking young. De Niro in a 40s military uh, uniform. I agree. And I just thought, why am I watching Welcome to Marwen? Yeah. I never I, even watched the actual Welcome well, to Marwen. I never even watched Welcome to Marwen, no. but I completely get what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> but the, the, I completely agree with mm. that, and I think that's a slight jarringness of yeah. the movie. But you'll get, once we get past that little element of it, you kind of settle into the de-aging a bit. And it's a generational story, so they obviously get a lot older as the story goes yeah. on, so the effects become used less and, and less frequently yeah. as it goes on. They start to look closer to their actual age now. Yeah, and it's brilliant. And I think the thing is, is that ultimately, this is a movie that is a class of its own. If you're after your gangster films and you're wanting something, this is one of his best work in like 30 years. Oh God, yeah, I would absolutely go there. Since Departed for me. It is, yeah, it is a little mm. bit Departed. It's, it, Scorsese is such an auteur when it comes to this and he's brought together the best people to create a fantastic, well-rounded piece. It's not cinema though, is it? <laughs> well, it is. <laughs> it's on Netflix. It's not cinema though, is it? <laughs> it's not on Netflix until the end of the month. I know, I know. I'm just right throwing now. it back. I'm just throwing it Let's back. Let's not get political. So, uh, thumbs up, thumbs down from you for the I'll Irishman. Give it two thumbs up. I two thumbs it. up. Absolutely, two raving thumbs up from me as well. Yeah, yeah definitely. Uh, can I talk to you really quickly about Loose then? No. Well, I'm going to anyway. <laughs> You've got no say in the matter. <laughs> so, uh, Loose, which is, as soon as I can pull up the uh, page on my uh, my tablet here, so, uh, debut feature from uh, Julius Honor, and uh, who's who's co-written this with uh, J.C. Lee. This now here's the thing: uh, Julius Honor is a Nigerian American filmmaker. And I, I don't know if there is some uh, some uh, familial story involved here. This is based on something somewhere. It's the story of a former child soldier who's been adopted by an American couple and raised from the age of ten as an American in suburbia. Right. You know, learned the English language, gone to school, and become this inspirational, you know, high achieving all star athlete student. He is the dream kid. Okay. Right. Obviously, is he called Loose? Is that he's called Loose? Right. Yes. Okay. Okay. Uh, so sorry, I should have probably led with that one. And uh, <laughs> so he is played by Kelvin Harrison Jr. from It Comes at Night. Okay. His parents are played by, and this is a wonderful Funny Games US reunion: Tim Roth and Naomi Watts. And I love that the school teacher who instigates our storylines, played by Octavia Spencer, who calls in Loose's adoptive mother, uh, Naomi Watts over a paper he has written which takes a tone that she finds somewhat terrifying. No, I didn't mean to imply. I just want to be clear that whatever violence he both suffered and inflicted during that time was dealt with. It's been processed. Of course. 
But with the climate around school security the way it is right now, you can understand my concern. Yes. Which is why I felt I needed to search his locker. I'm sorry. Amy, he wrote a paper. A paper in which he describes his belief that the solution to a political problem is to gun down those with whom you disagree. Right, but he was assuming a character. The assignment called for this, and you... I found this in his locker. So what you then get is exactly what you would imagine off that story if you if you applied realistic circumstance to it. So the parents have to go home, the parents have to sit the kid down, the parents have to discuss it, where's it come from. He has his own story that flies very much in the face of what his teacher believes. It's basically like a suburban drama wrapped around a psychological horror film. Now you mentioned to me off air mm. a few comparison movies. Yes, I went with We Need to Talk About Kevin. And I completely got that from that clip. Yes, it has that cold, menacing tone, doesn't it? But also the, the, the implication of talking about gunning down things, you know, that all very much happens in We Need to Talk About Kevin. Very much, and I still think... Bowling for Columbine kind of feel Very true, but in both the cases of We Need to Talk About Kevin and this, and the other film I compared to, which was... Uh, Apt People. Uh, Apt mentioned. People as well, but Arlington Road was, was yep. more for the example I'm thinking of, uh, which is there is enough ambiguity about goings-on that you can't predict which way this is shifting. Ooh, I like that. And I really dug that about it. This really knows its tone. It really goes through. It's superbly performed. Octavia Spencer kills it because she's Octavia Spencer. Kelvin Harrison Jr. is very impressive, as he was in uh, Schultz's uh, It Comes at Night a couple of years ago. Um, Really great movie. Do recommend checking it out because I think it will just be an unsettling experience. Uh, It's honestly two thumbs up from me. I thought it was great. Fantastic. What a great week for cinema. So if we're thinking that it's a great week for cinema, but you can't quite get yourselves out of your house, don't worry, we've got you sorted on your TV as well. So we've got a really good selection this week, kicking off on Saturday with, oh my goodness, I love this I movie. I knew you would yeah. as well, I knew it. One fine day, film for 1.05pm, perfect Saturday afternoon movie. Autumnal Saturday afternoon really movie. really is. Something about that. Yeah, uh, so, I mean, I was a big fan of this. Uh, this, yeah. was, this was also one of the intended star vehicles for Clooney at the height of his ER fame. This is when he became the next big thing. But the thing is about this is that he could have become the next big thing only doing these types of movies. Oh, he totally could have. Yeah, yeah. and he did a very clever career path. But this is not only him, it's it's Michelle Pfeiffer as well. I know. One of my favourite actresses of all time. She can turn from Catwoman (laughs) to, you know, just the character that she plays in here, Melanie Parker. She can just completely shift who she's going to be, the tone that she takes, and she's just incredibly skilled at doing that at the same time. This is a movie that is going to, it sits with you for years and decades afterwards because... It makes you laugh, it makes you cry, the it makes you feel warm and fuzzy they, they were single parents, they were divorced parents who were taking their kids on a school trip and they missed the trip or something and yeah. they sort of schlepped through New York. And they unexpectedly York. intersect with each other. Yes. Uh, do you know who Clooney's daughter was in this movie instead? Uh, was it Mae Whitman? Yes, it was Mae Whitman. Mae Whitman I'm of, telling you that because I've got IMDb right. Of Good Girls fame. She's, she's currently on Netflix's Good Girls, which I thoroughly recommend. Um, again, a great cast, you know, established and new as well. Sorry, place. I buried the lead. Sorry, she's the star of The Duff. Forgot that. 
I'm still yet to see the duff. I know you're going to slap me on my oh, wrist for that one. Your but life is listen, going to change. If you, if you are after, you know, a fantastic, I think the heyday of these kind of romantic mm. comedies that, that live, that can stay with you for years, it's the mid-90s. And this is 1996, yeah. this movie. You can't pull off a brown overcoat in a rom-com nowadays. That's no, what you it can't. Is. And that That's smile. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Well, there we go. So that is one fine day. That is out for you um, on your t- small screen as well. That's on Saturday. What's kicking us into Sunday, Van? Right, Sunday, we're going out rocking it's rock of ages itv2 740 i haven't seen this in a few years i think i watched it when it came out i watched it again when it hit home home platforms i'm actually an unapologetically big fan of this movie right um up to and including i actually really like julianne hoff in it i think she's great she's got genuine star appeal in it um it is you know it's an adaptation of the the popular uh, stage show it is you know the the last hurrah of this great big rock club and uh, it's one in which uh, Tom Cruise gets the big star billing as none other than Stacey Jacks. You know, some people have said that you've become quite difficult to work with, mm. that you're constantly late, you're mm. reclusive, sometimes even nonsensical. Well, I ask you this. Have these people even met themselves? Well, I'm talking about your band. Let me tell you something. I know me better than anyone. Because I live in here. Just sounds like Tom Cruise being Tom Cruise, really, doesn't it? It's... I don't think that clip does it justice, because he, <laughs> he is... I just wonder what where Tom Cruise is really nuts. He is so not Tom Cruise in this movie. Mm. I mean, but the all-star cast in this, generally, is oh, amazing. Gosh, yeah. We've got, not only that, you mentioned Julianne Huff, who is very good in this, but we've also got Russell Brand, who I think was the weak link in this, annoyed me a little bit when I remember watching him, kind of going, mm. it's a kind of get-into-the-Greek kind of style, it's a bit sort of over-the-top from him, as per usual. He gets um, to, to have some fun moments with Alec Baldwin. Well, Alec Baldwin's another big name in this. We've also got Brian Cranston's in this. Catherine Zeta-Jones as oh well. Oh, God, yes, I forgot. But doesn't she sing uh, uh, Hit Me With Your Best Shot? Uh, quite possibly. I can't remember the exactly. The soundtrack is amazing. And the cast recordings are quite good as well. Well, you know what? The thing about this is mm. that it, it is taken from a West End show. It is one of those ones that transfers onto film in a really, really good way. It feels mm. a little bit dated now, but actually... Of its time, I think it worked really well. And I think the big surprise is obviously Tom Cruise's character. <laughs> and for that reason, it's worth a watch in itself. Absolutely. So, uh, do you want to take us to Monday then? I, I do indeed, because our, this is one of the films. It's a Robert Rodriguez film. Yeah. It was based on a movie that was, I think it was just in Spanish. It was dubbed before. El Mariachi. El Mariachi. Yeah. And now we have the version with Antonio Banderas and also Salma Hayek. And it is one of my favourite it is Desperado. We've got Antonio Banderas with his guitar case full of, full of explosives and guns. And it's just ever so watchable. What? I'm just looking for work. There's no work here. Let's see. Well, is there something to drink? something in the guitar case yeah what my guitar how cool was he though do you know what but my favorite character in this is actually steve buscemi oh god yes this. he just had a one big scene really doesn't yeah. he yeah it's just this is pure mm. 90s brilliance again 1995 this movie came out mm. you watch this you then watch something like dust till dawn you know so weird thing in. 
weird thing with this this is part of a sort of a cinematic universe by Rodriguez so El Mariachi is part one of a trilogy this is then part two so it is the same character that's been recast with the height of his sex appeal and coolness uh, Antonio Banderas also totally Mm. tongue in cheek played upon oh yeah he knows it but then you get the third part as well which was Once Upon a Time in Mexico where Johnny Depp entered the fray this also I think shares the cinematic universe with From Dusk Till Dawn which also links in with all the Tarantino stuff it's a very weird one brilliant soundtrack by Tito and Tarantula in there as well brilliant Mexican metal band um, I, I, this is Five Spike 11 o'clock on Monday night I'm watching the hell oh, out of this oh my goodness I'm going to stay up late on a Monday night to catch this Made in Chelsea you can move over <laughs> uh, Tuesday uh, one I haven't seen actually but uh, is on our list anyway US Marshals ITV4 9 o'clock did you know they made a sequel to The Fugitive Oh. That's actually what U.S. Marshals is. So U.S. Marshals is a Intentionally, spin-off. unintentionally. Intentionally. Wow. Absolutely. So the team that hunted Harrison Ford in The Fugitive, they get that entire cast back together to hunt a different fugitive. This time played by Wesley Snipes and with a meddling CIA agent played by Robert Downey Jr. I'll say that again. Iron Man is effectively the villain of this movie. Say so. what? <laughs> yeah. Tommy Lee Jones leads this team that includes Joey Pantaleano. Right. who's always the captain from Bad Boys, who we always love seeing in movies. Love him. And they go to hunt this this fugitive who they quickly discover is you know, packing a few more skills than they've been led to believe. It's a very good movie, actually. It's a solid, you know, mid to late 90s, mid-budget thriller. I quite liked it. Tommy Lee Jones absolutely owns it, as you would imagine. What's not to love? What's not to love? That's your Tuesday sorted. Mm. Moving on to midweek, we've got Hannah on Sony Movies at nine o'clock. <laughs> For me, all I'm going to say about this is like an over, overly long feature film-based music video. <laughs> uh, yeah, it is basically the world's longest Chemical Brothers music video. Yeah, it yeah. really is. Um, Eric Banner and Saoirse Ronan and... I forgot Kate Blanchett was in this. I forgot yeah. she's the villain of this. Well, that's how un- that's how forgettable this movie actually is. I really liked it. Did you? I did. And also, just on a personal level, so this is what this is Sony Movies, nine PM on Wednesday. Just on a personal level, I saw this with my dear friend John Colson, and at one point made a crack about the narrative of this movie that made him laugh until he shrieked like a piglet. It's one of my favourite moments of knowing him, and it's why I'll always love this movie forever. So I'll be I thinking think of that when I watch it. Personal attachment to that. I'd probably Definitely. say check out the series on Amazon instead. Is that any good? I've seen the first episode. It's got um, oh someone famous's daughter in it. Uh, oh, it's Samantha Morton's daughter. Oh, oh, okay. So it's definitely worth a watch. Moving quickly on to Thursday, Star Trek Into Darkness. If you are not a Trekkie, do not worry. These kind of reboots of the movie mm. work really, really well. Film for nine o'clock. This isn't the one where they pay tribute to Anton Yelchin in it, is it? Or this no, is the one no, before he sadly the one passed before. away. So this is the 2012 one. This is number two of yep. the Abrams trilogy, if we're calling it that. And you know, like people like Chris Pine, you know, mm. really solid cast on this. Especially, it's a big, big shoes to fill with this movie. If you're, if you're like thinking you've been a fan for years, it works really well. It reboots. It gives it a newfound freshness. If you haven't checked it out before, as we said, film for nine o'clock. And of course, biggest shoes in the world to fill come from at that point one of the biggest names in the world to fill, and that of course is. For centuries we slept, hoping when we awoke things would be different. But as a result of the destruction of Vulcan, your Starfleet began to aggressively search distant quadrants of space. My ship was found adrift. I alone was revived. I looked up John Harrison. Until a year ago, he didn't exist. John Harrison was a fiction created the moment I was awoken by your Admiral Marcus to help him advance his cause. A smokescreen to conceal my true identity. My name is Khan. For a moment, for a moment, 
I thought you were leading into our next movie. <laughs> I then had a little bit of a look at what the next movie is and thought, this could not possibly be it. Further removed. <laughs> could be further removed. <laughs> right, this is a movie, so uh, for Friday night, uh, Film 4, 720. This is a movie that got absolutely killed by critics when it came out. I've never seen this. And it is quite good. Oh, right. Uh, so this is a sort of indie dramedy, uh, Table 19, stars Anna Kendrick, uh, Stephen Merchant, Phoebe from Friends. I know her name's Lisa Kudrow, but let's just call her Phoebe from Friends forever. Uh, Craig Robinson. It's a great movie. So uh, she's she plays an ex maid of honor. Is that right? Well, she, she is a sort Being of she's a screw duties. up who has broken up with her boyfriend, but her best friend was the boyfriend's sister. Okay. And so she still turns up to the wedding anyway, even though she's on the outs with everyone. And it's what does she want? Who's going to like this movie, Dan? Uh, actually, do you know what? Surprisingly, it's, it's 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 gone down surprisingly well with nearly everyone I've ever shown it to. It is quite funny and it's quite moving as well. It's quite touching. Well, the characters are quite likable and charming in it as well. I remain to be surprised by a movie. Well, you can you can experience that for yourself next Friday night on I will Film do. Four. So there you go. You've got your movies on TV from Saturday through till Friday next week. There is loads to choose from, even if Table Nineteen does not quite sound like it's going to float to your rom-com boat. <laughs> So stick with us. We've got more coming up, mainly on your DVD, Blu-rays, or any other platform that you like to kind of watch, and also streaming too. Welcome back to Off Screen. This is your non-stop shop for everything movies all week long. And you know, we're not stopping with just what's on the big screen and the small screen. We're kicking off on every single platform going. And we're going to start with what is out on Monday on DVD and Blu-ray and VOD and everything else. Come on, Van. <laughs> every one of the 36 discri- trillion platforms available to us now. <laughs> what have we got? So, a uh, movie I really enjoyed this summer, which was Spider-Man Far From Home, which was kind of the palate cleanser we all needed after Avengers Endgame, I think. Uh, this movie would come into some controversy of sorts shortly after its release when the state of Spider-Man in the cinematic universe would, uh, yes, would get <laughs> would get dusted away like Thanos' snap. But this is effectively Peter Parker's European summer vacation. I loved it. I, I did. really loved this movie. I thought it was so much fun because mm. for me, I, I felt like like comic book stories have become too serious. There is that aspect to it. But of course, you know, you go and you have the summer summer holiday with all your school friends and you, you want to make your move on the girl you love. But, you know, those pesky supervillains from dimensions that dimensions your beckon... They stop you, aren't they? They do. And, oh, <laughs> isn't that always the way? Versions of them exist across our mythologies. Turns out the myths are real. Like Thor. Thor was a myth and now I study him in my physics class. These myths are threats. They first materialized on my Earth many years ago. I was part of the last battalion left trying to stop them. All we did was delay the inevitable. The elementals are here now, attacking the same coordinates. Our satellites confirm it. We have one mission. Kill it. You're coming with us. Mr. Fury, this all seems like big time. You know, huge superhero kind of stuff. And, I mean, I'm just a friendly neighborhood Spider-Man, sir. Bitch, please, you've been to space. (laughs) It was great, wasn't it? Do you know what? I, I would say with this movie, this is a great one if you've got your mates coming round. Mm. You need to watch this in a group because the opening, again, another great opening sequence, they do a homage to everyone oh, that's God, been yeah. lost <laughs> do, um, from the Avengers. And it is like, I remember being in the screening room, and I think we were in the same cinema, We everyone started to laugh 
out loud. At it this. is. These are very funny movies, like the first one was as well. They're very, very funny movies. Yeah. Like, even by Marvel standards, quite outwardly comedic, like aggressively comedic. They also, I think they took the best possible approach to what happened to the people who got snapped back. Which was, you know what, let's just play it for laughs and, yeah. and not worry about it. Because, yes, everyone just simply resumes where they were, but will not think about the people who were on flights at the time. Things like that. <laughs> <laughs> <You know? laughs> what, what happened to someone having surgery? Oh my goodness, yeah. <laughs> you just get snapped back but onto the- an operating table with your chest open. Oh, that's worried me now. Yeah, there you go. So try, try not to think too much about Do you know uh, Thomas. I think, I think Tom Holland is such a refreshing Spider-Man. He does it so, so well. He brings that boyish nature, which is what we needed from it. I think with Tobey Maguire, it was almost too serious. Andrew Garfield kind of was that halfway point, and they really hit the nail on the head with Tom Holland, which has worked brilliantly. The relationship between him and Zendaya in this works beautifully as well, because it reminds you of those awkward teenage years. <laughs> so it becomes so much more than just a superhero movie. So it- does yeah if you're after something that i think you know will float your boat in terms of really watching a fun movie to just get everyone laughing together go sit this uh, sit down watch this on dvd on blu-ray however you can get it and do it with a load of popcorn go old school with this oh yeah turn off your phones and just enjoy it for what it is so one you will enjoy infinitely less on dvd this week great uh, and we only did this just to pad out the runtime. I'm not going to lie. So it's, uh, it's, it's uh, why are we going to talk more about Spider-Man? <laughs> we could have. I didn't think about that really. So uh, Surviving Christmas with the Relatives is out on DVD this What's week. What's a terrible title? Oh, well, it's a terrible movie. It's, I've it's, never even heard of it. It's one of those uh, British-made. The attempt is to squeeze some sen- sentimental Christmas cash out of audiences who wouldn't know any better type affairs. The cast is of a certain caliber, which includes uh, Julian Ovenden, Gemma Whelan, Joel. Richardson and my personal favourite Michael Landers the original Jimmy Olsen from Lois and Clark The New Adventures of Superman wow Mm. also male lead in Final Destination 2 his career is going from strength I I walked past him the other day in Soho weird weird thing why why is Michael Landers in Soho anyway uh, hopefully not making more movies like this which also by the way stars people like Ronnie Ancona and James Fox this also if I'm looking it up right this second has not a lot written about it in general no no, it does not Uh, it doesn't even warrant pen to paper they did the full press show works for it as well Uh, it's, it's not good Let's just put it polite. It is just a, a British knockoff of, of National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Oh, just just Doesn't come up work. with new content. That's all I would say. But it's um, not as funny or charming. No, not no. at all. And I'm trying to work out when this actually came out. 2018. I think we did we did get press shown it just before Christmas, and in in what might be the smarter move, they then delay the DVD release release date until the following Christmas. It only happens with Christmas movies, right? Because I had to wait nearly a year to see uh, Harold and Kumar's 3D Christmas again, which annoyed me greatly. <laughs> you have to wait a whole year for that. Hey, that is one of the best movies ever made in 3D. Okay. No lie. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, moving swiftly on, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to move straight on to some streaming, shall we say, because I don't really want to talk about that anymore. <laughs> no, no, no. It's not, it's not a good one. It doesn't merit further discussion. Now, we talked about how like Spider-Man is sort of a great, refreshing reboot of the character. Mm. I did not want anyone to touch... Jumanji. It was of its time. It was. Robin Williams. It's the same thing with Aladdin. It's like, don't, do not even try it. Admit, you got to admit, though, even two years ago when this, when this came out, 
just because of who he is and how he is, you have confidence in Dwayne Johnson. You do sit and think like, you know, if Dwayne Johnson's doing it, I'm sure it's going to be fine. The Rock, Dwayne Johnson. I yeah. have every, I have every faith in him. <laughs> exactly. Um, but yeah. this is so streaming now. Which again, you say this came out two years ago. So why are we only getting it on stream now? Uh, it's only joining Netflix now. It's not been available on stream. Wowzers. Okay. Well, rush and watch this. It's because almost it is great like they need fun. to publicize the brand suddenly for Ooh, some reason. I wonder if something could be coming up. Um, it is Jumanji Welcome to the Jungle it's on Netflix from Thursday the 14th of November um, Netflix you know what's going on with Netflix they pick they pick up the best movies and get them all ready for you if you haven't caught them at the cinema what I love about this is that it totally plays on the era the timings the the nuances and fun humour of what works within this particular film and how it has to play out for our big screen audiences now. You're telling me that you're Spencer! Yes, 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 that's it. Fridge, I'm Spencer, which which means you're Moose Finbar. It says it right there on your vest. And... Martha? Yeah? You're Ruby Roundhouse. And Bethany? You're Professor Shelley Oberon. Only Shelley must be short for Sheldon. What are you talking about? Oh my god. Oh my god, he's right. And you... You're Spencer? You? Yes. Guys, I'm telling you. I am Spencer. I'm Spencer. Ah! Yep, that's Spencer. This was way funnier than I think any of us had uh, any expectation of it being, to be honest. Well, I would literally went into it going, groan, I can't believe they've remade this. Also, great Easter egg that does establish it is a straight sequel to Jumanji, which oh. I quite liked. I didn't There's, know that. When they're in uh, Joe Jonas's Nick Jonas, Joe, one of the, one of the Jonas's. Jonas's. Uh, when they're in Nick Jonas's man cave, yeah. uh, it's established that Robin Williams had lived there before. Oh. When he had been trapped in the game, he had in fact lived in the same makeshift shack. Oh, amazing. Yeah. Oh, I love the little things like that. That's amazing. Well, listen, if you haven't seen Jumanji before, we've got Dwayne Johnson, we've got Jack Black in this, we've got Kevin Hart, we've got Karen Gillan in this. All brilliant throughout oh yes and I'll be honest like, I always think Jack Black works better as a supporting player he steals this and I think he's terrific in it. never yeah. thought I'd see that also one of my best death by pop song sequences just belongs to Karen Gillan in this movie <laughs> Just and it made me love that song that 90s banger all over again <laughs> there are so many things I think stuff works when you are a kid and you get transported into a different body and it's just if you play that comedy really well yeah. as the, it, the cast does throughout this you're going to really enjoy it so much more well, instead that's it, of criticising it's, it. It's both Indiana Jones and a body swap movie, isn't yeah. it? Which is kind <laughs> yeah. of the ultimate combo. Yeah, and, you know, like 8-bit video games kind of feel to it. Yeah, as well it's got at that. The same time, yeah, so some no. nostalgia in there for the dads. <laughs> And and mums and just general mid thirties people. Oh no, no, that's very true, isn't it? Uh, so one final one on Netflix this week then, uh, because we don't know much about this yet. I didn't get to catch this at LFF. This was Earthquake Bird, uh, new movie from Wash Westmoreland. Stars Alicia Vikander and Riley Keough. Is a sort of a mystery mystery drama thriller set in, I believe, in Tokyo, in which a young woman becomes involved with a photographer and the case of a missing young woman. Uh, good buzz out of LFF. Friends of mine who saw it seem to. Seem to quite take to it. I'm looking forward to seeing it because I just think Alicia Vikander's awesome. Do you know what? And also, if this just goes straight onto Netflix, again, if it's a quirky, different kind of film, it just means that if you guys can't get to the cinema, this allows you to go and see something that a lot of people would have seen, as you mentioned, at the LFF, those mm. kind of festival movies, and you'll be able to kind of check it out. You know you've got an Oscar winner here with Alicia Vikander. It sounds like a really interesting premise. Um, and if it's getting good buzz from the critics, it probably is something that you want to invest your time in and check out. So that is streaming on Netflix. 
um, and well worth a watch. So next week we've got some interesting stuff. Like you know, we talked about this week's got some bangers. Next week's what have we got next week? Oh, you brace yourself. So next week. Last Christmas is upon us. I cannot us. wait for last okay. Christmas. Uh, Little Monsters is upon us. Very exciting. Uh, the Report is uh-huh. upon us, starring Adam Driver, which I hear incredible things about. And a movie, look, I'm not going to sugarcoat this. I loved this movie. And it's Le Mans 66, <gasps> a.k.a. Ford v. Ferrari, starring none other than Seabale and Matt Damon, yo. Oh, oh yo. I, mean, I am very excited about that. I knew I had that on my list. Um... I'm really excited about that Le Mans 66, but I was confused as to why it wasn't called Ford versus Ferrari. I have no idea why they've, why they've gone with that title in this country. It's a weird thing, but I think because although the plot is about Ford v Ferrari, that isn't its main focus. The main focus is about the invention. Of, anyway, we'll save it for next I, week. Yeah, I will do some research for you because I literally almost didn't attend a screening for that because I was worried as to that I was watching the wrong film. And if, <laughs> I mean, honestly, next week, there's two of those movies I've seen already and can tell you are great. Fantastic. Uh, there's, there's, you know, one I hear very good things about. There's one I've heard nothing about, but I expect good things from. So I think, you know, we've got a good week coming up. So that means you guys are better stay tuned. So go hit Netflix. Go and check it out with all the streaming stuff. Go and see The Irishman in the cinema if you can before it comes out on Netflix towards the do end. Do it of the just month. to screw with Scorsese. Just, just do it to mess with his head. Just, just do it because Van said so and and we'll go and check out all of next week's releases ready and raring to go to chat for you next week on our podcast here on Off Screen so we hope you enjoy it I've been Bex Perfect I've been Van Connor and we shall return